Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Good Comics Podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Sam. And on this episode we talk to Gareth Hopkins about his process, his new book Petricor and karaoke. Good Comics Podcast. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I'm alright. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, good. Welcome, good. welcome to the very first Good Podcast. This is the the first one. We don't really know what we're doing, so it's. it's if it's the it's first good one, it's also technically the best one. Exactly, yeah, exactly. the goodest. That's yeah. what we aim with most of the good comics things. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Not it's great. Good. Not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just good. Well, I I always really like telling the story of why we called that because we were really struggling to come up with a name, and Paddy went to some show, and in between some songs, someone in the crowd just shouted. Your songs are good. <laughs> and we find it really amusing. So that's why we record it. This is a brief introduction to Good Comics. Um, yeah, how's it going? How's how's everything? Are you excited for the book? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Things are generally going all right. And yeah, I'm really excited for the book, yeah. Uh, it feels like, I've, I mean, uh, I finished it in August last year, but I'd been saying it was ready to publish from at least January before that. So um, it took me a solid three or four months to write the last chapter. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. That's an interesting place to start because I know we were talking about what to ask you about and like talking about your process of making this work is really interesting to me because because it is what it is. It is extremely abstract. It's really interesting to know how you go about making the work. Like, what's yeah. your... So, I mean, this was the first uh, thing that I'd written for myself. It was the first comic with, like, actual writing by me. Um, so where I've used text before, it's just been sort of, like, spice. Like, just, like, <laughs> random little phrases here and there to, like, give a sense of something. And it's usually a sense of creepy something. Yeah. But um, this is the first time I've sat down and intentionally tried to write something because I've been making comics for a while. But... Um, Unless you're really into like art, yeah. then there's not a lot to grab onto. There's not a lot for a reader to, to like, to slow them down long enough to experience a book, which like text helps do. Um, and there's nothing, there's nothing there that people could like engage with. Mm-hmm. So they could look at the pictures and go, "Wow, these are nice pictures. They're they're all abstract. That's weird." And close the book and then probably walk off. Yeah. So like, there's, there's a handful of people who would engage with it and come back to it, but most people, I think, my sense was that they'd experience it once and then leave it. They wouldn't want to come back. Yeah. So I thought I'll write something um, to go into a comic. Yeah. So you started by writing the text for this, or uh, no? So it was um, I um, so. Found Forest Floor was a book which came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. And the way that we made that was um, I did loads of drawings and then Eric, who was the writer on it, sent me just loads of text and then I combined the two. Okay. Um, but while I was waiting for Eric to write all his stuff, um, I was still sort of... I, I wrote... Uh, sorry. I drew all those pages so quickly that coming to a full stop felt weird and I wanted to carry on making stuff. Sure. So um, I'd made like this little 20-page promotional zine thing to 
like to show people that this is what I've been drawing. Yeah. <clears throat> and I had one of those to hand and just started drawing over the top of it. Okay. So I drew all over the top of it because it felt like a good idea to draw over a whole comic. Yeah. And then <laughs> once I'd done that, I was like, right, I'll draw over that again. So I printed out a copy of that and drew over that and then drew over the next one and then drew over the next one until I had like five mini comics which if you followed through page by page you could see the changes mm -hmm. and I thought well I'll combine those into a thing called the forest and it'll be like a, a big abstract comic and that'll be that but and then it came back to that idea of well what's other than like having like a weird like analytic thing of people flicking back and forward and like seeing how it's progressed like what's the point in anybody experiencing this yeah I guess and that's when I Sorry to interrupt. So no. I, I see what you mean. You you've moved away from this idea of presenting it as just a visual thing, which you can yeah. analyze in itself the way that you would analyze a painting in a in a gallery. Yeah. But adding text is changing the context of it. Yeah. To a that was extent. it. Yeah. And then so when I sat down, and so I didn't really have a writing process. So. Uh, and I think that what I first thought was that I would just like send myself. Uh, I'd start sending myself emails with like little things that popped into my head. So like little observations about the world and which I thought were really clever. And I was trying to be quite like wry and cool about it. Um, and I'd, I'd got about, I don't know, 20 emails to myself with these little observations in and reading them back now. I'm just like, Oh God, they're yeah. horrendous. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to share those. Um, and then, yeah, like a friend of mine, died while I was sending these emails back and forward and I found myself with nothing to do except think about that on a particular day and so what I carried on sending myself was about that okay. uh, and that how I was coming like how I felt about that um, so I carried on sending myself these emails until it got to the point where I was like right I've, I can do something with this text and then I did I sort of arranged it similar to how I did when I worked with Eric on Found Forest Floor, which was to just use it as a like a big document, and then I cut out the bits and put them in an order which felt rhythmic. Sure. Um, so, and, and there's, there's certain phrases I knew that I wanted to use in the book already uh, before this had happened with Catherine, was that I wanted to um, have, uh, there are no new ideas, and... It's easy to forget how many times you've fallen in love. Like those are just two phrases I've been carrying around for ages. Sure. Um, and so I knew I wanted to use those, and then they became like sort of the backbeat of the mm. book. Like and yeah, so I was thinking of it sort of musically, even though I'm not a musician in any way, shape, sure. or form. But that's how I wanted to arrange it. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you talk about um, how you kind of brought the words together because. I remember all three of us reading it for the first time when you sent it to us and we were talk talking about yeah. publishing it is that it it feels like going through the process of grief. Like yeah. reading the book is almost cathartic in that sense of you're watching someone go through the stages of it and you're that, that yeah. and, and the rhythm is that thing of, you know, repeating phrases and and things that are just like thoughts that are circulating and it's yeah it's really interesting just to, to hear that that's how you how you put the words together 
Yeah, and certainly that first chapter, like, I was intentionally, like, wasn't, was that intentionally? It's hard to remember now, but the way it reads is that what I want to say about how I'm feeling, I've got to hold back for a little bit. So there's, like, little bits in there. Uh, and then finally, like, I let myself say it in the book. And it, it sort of felt like that as I was writing it. Like, oh, I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm not ready to say that yet. Sure. And then I was able to. Um, but that was just that first chapter. So I did that. And I was so excited that I sent it to a few people like Tony Esmond mm. and Stu McCune and Ken Reynolds. I was like, look, do you think that this is a good idea? Uh, and they were... and. Yeah, Stuart, everyone was like super enthusiastic. Tony did a review of it straight away thinking that that was the whole book. Sure. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, I can't. Everyone thinks it's really great. I can't do anything else with it now. <laughs> um, and then just put it on it, like just sort of, I knew that I was going to come back to it, but started working on other stuff so I didn't have to for a while. Yeah, I I think that kind of shows as well because there's, like I said, there's, there's stages through the book and yeah. you kind of, you now you say that you can see that there's there's breaks there's because there's slight changes in in the feel of it and how things progress you can yeah it's compartmentalized almost that's quite interesting that you did it in in sort of the sections of having to take a pause and then carry on to the next and you said that you also finished it in august so it's been quite a gap between then and now with it coming out have you looked back over it do you feel any different when you were creating it um no I don't so I've I've read it a few times and each time I've read it that um I think I was quite happy with it once I'd like locked I locked each section down like as I went mm. the last chapter was the hardest to start but once I was like once I'd got it um it was only a f- like in terms of having content ready to put into it I had a lot less but most of it just sort of like came out like as I remembered stuff that would be suitable to come next. And I also like consciously referred back through the book. So I pulled phrases I liked out to, to give it a, a rhyme. Um, but yeah, so um, I think the one that I worked most on was the fourth one, which is uh, the one where... Um, there's text that I already had put into the comic, like I was saying before, like little snatches of flavor. I'd made a comic with that, um, and then found that really hard to work with in the next chapter because I was like, I didn't know. So, um, getting the words that I wanted to say to fit in with all this weird stuff about owl faces and clock and horses on fire and stuff, yeah. um, getting my meaning to sort of sit with that was a challenge, and I, I worked quite hard on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the other the other thing that changed and that I wrestled with a little is that um, while I was working on that, my father in law was really unwell, um, and so that it sort of references that. And then I want I, I've been arguing whether or not I should include more of that experience in the book, sure. and then thought. But what happened was it felt like I was just trying to mine tragedy for content, <laughs> so that yeah. I took a step back. Um, yeah, I think there's a yeah. there's an argument for um, using different things to inform one story. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of crossover in the Venn diagram of the you know losing someone and someone being someone else in your life being really ill. There's a yeah. big crossover, but yeah, there's also something to be said for sticking to your original kind of goal, I guess of yeah of kind of 
making it about that that one thing where you set out. Yeah. Um, but no, other than that, I'm, I've just sort of been happy with it. So I've gone back and there's stuff that I'd forgotten I'd put in there. I thought, oh, that was putting in, putting in stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff I'd <laughs> forgotten I had put in there, uh, which I was, yeah. So it's, um, I like it in the fact that there's enough distance between me having finished it and now that I can appreciate it for what it is. Mm. Whereas when something's new, you constantly want to sort of play with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot, actually. That's really yeah. good. And it's actually a nice, refreshing thing to hear from someone. <laughs> so many, especially comics people are like, oh, yeah, I finished this. I, I'm the worst for this. This is what I'm saying. Is yes. that, oh, I finished this thing. Oh, it was shit, isn't it? Just go and chuck, yeah. it, in, chuck it in a bin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. So, uh, But I've got used to now letting things rest and then returning to them before I make a decision. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so like I mean, what I'm working on at the moment is uh, too dry to rot. Hmm. Like it's just uh, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's I'll do a page of that and just think this is rubbish. I should not be bothering with this entire project. It's a bad idea, and then I'll just like stick it in the corner and then come back to it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's all right. <laughs> what was I so upset about? So yeah, yeah, no, I, I relate to that feeling. <laughs> I think that's part of the process. I don't think you can truly be a comics creator unless you have spent hours on something and think it is absolutely terrible, and then come back to it. And you're like, you know what? Actually, it's fine. It's yeah. right. It's totally. It's fine. better than fine. It's you- good. <laughs> <laughs> but and also now that I've got this process where it doesn't matter if something's rubbish because I'll just draw over it eventually anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's much easier to just like. I'll fix that on the next go. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to go back to this, actually. Um, so does does this differ to how you've made artwork before, this idea of drawing over the top and over the top of things? Is that different to your previous approach? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, um, if you look at something like um, Extension, hmm. which came out of my, my old comics, so uh, there's a long like windy road as had has to how I got to extension but it was very analytical and very careful and uh, I hadn't discovered that if you drew over a black pen with white pen it would erase it so if there was a mistake I'd fix it on the page and it was very careful uh, and then when I was approached to do found forest floor that's how I approached the project I was told I needed to do 250 pages of comics and I was very careful. Oh, I mean, I wasn't that careful. I was still, I was much looser than I'd normally be, mm. but I was still making content in a way that I would normally. Sure. And then David, the editor, publisher of that, was like, this is good, but um, the way that you're working is going to stop Eric from having a place in this book because his text needed to be as important as the pictures. Sure. Mm. So he challenged me to sort of say, right, take what you've got now, but like, add in loads of space. So, and then the way I did that was to take the, the 50 or so pages I'd done and then chop them up in Photoshop to give them some white space and then I printed those out and started working onto those. Okay. Um, so any one time I'd be carrying around 10 printouts so I could just like work on them whenever. Uh, like I might do a little bit or I might do a lot uh, and then... Uh, but there was there wasn't any cohesion in the 250 odd pages of artwork that I had, uh, and some of it was physical. So some of it was these printouts, about 150 pages of printouts, and then 100 pages were like digital. That I just thought that's good enough. I'll just leave it. 
Um, uh, but yeah, and it was that that got me into this idea that I could just draw over something. And the printer I was using, um, the ink resists the, like, I use a Posca white marker, hmm. like a paint pen. And the ink resists that. So if you put too much on and then let it to dry, it causes weird effects that you're not expecting. Right. And so because I had less control over what was happening on the page, it meant that, and I was working so quickly, I was like doing two or three an hour, like, wow. um, that I didn't, I stopped worrying about, about it so much. So it was done. I can't spend any time worrying about it. I'll move yeah. on. And it was that energy that went into making Petricor. Like, it doesn't, like, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll come back to it. Um, and it was an experiment in like, actually doing the artwork and then a further experiment into whether or not I could write to that. Yeah. Um, and then the way, I mean, <clears throat> some of the tricks that I came up with, with um, Found Forest Floor went into the book. So there's certain sections where, Instead of adding new text in, I'll just leave the text on there and then delete some phrases. So okay. it, it creates a rhyme across the book, mm-hmm. um, just from where I've left a caption in the same place as it was the last time I worked sure. on it. So yeah, it's an interesting trick. Um, I'm one, wondering about, in terms of art in general, where this style of yours has developed from. Like, how did you ever make comics that? weren't abstract comics like i i know your work from like the last yeah. maybe three or four years so i don't know if i've i there's something i've made do you um, have you ever made stuff that's like... no i haven't actually okay. um i've uh i've tried it um at, but i go through that same thing that so many other comic creators do is just like if something doesn't look the way i wanted it to look then it's bad and i'll get maybe a panel in or a layout in and just go no i can't do this anymore uh, and I mean, recently I've I've started doing more comics work, um, like with, working with Ken on Slice. I've like oh, yeah. done, and it's not uh, figurative, but it's like it's not abstract. I don't know that doesn't make a lot of sense. You have to see the comic I'm talking about. Yeah, I think but, I'm um, vaguely where I've I've seen a little bit of some yeah. of stuff you've done. Yeah, um, and then I oh, I did White Rabbits for Jazz Creepers with Doug Noble. Oh yeah. Uh, which was like a horror story about rabbits uh, and that had pictures of rabbits in rut but it was still abstract in the sense that the the text wasn't interacting with the pictures sure. uh, I just realised oh sorry we're talking on video for the, and I've done a little rabbit face <laughs> <laughs> with my hands I hadn't realised okay. um, I should have screen capped it and put it in there <laughs> this, is, this is going to be creepy rabbit creepy rabbit um, <laughs> so and yeah I think <laughs> I think over the next year I'll be doing some more like tradition, like closer to traditional stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean that sound to sound demeaning or anything, or like making othering it. It's just, it's, it's interesting to to understand where your work has where come, I started from, yeah, from because it's, you know, um, it's something that I find particularly aesthetically pleasing and abstract work abstract art in general is something that I really enjoy. Yeah. But abstract in comics is not something that you really it's quite an underground thing. Like I know it exists, yeah. but it doesn't really exist in the spheres that I operate in. So that's no that's fair enough. 
Well, when I started making comics, um, it was sort of it was by accident. So I was doing a lot of mail art. I think that's the same and... as everyone. Everyone it's by accident. No one did it on purpose. <laughs> but I was doing a lot of mail art, and then I drew. I was, just drew a box on a piece of paper and filled it in, and then thought, "Oh, that looks like a panel in the comic." Uh, but that started off as abstract. So I thought, "I'll, I've invented abstract comics. I will make an abstract graphic novel, and the world will think." wow, look at this amazing creator. Where did he come from? Yeah. Uh, and then about two or 20 pages in, I found out that, you know, hundreds of people are making abstract comics. There's a whole fantagraphics have just put a book out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Oh, brilliant. So I'm not special. I'm not a special flower. Um, but then I just carried on. I was like, that was my thing. But I, I was influenced by um, surrealists, like in art stuff. Mm. That, that's what I was really into when I started. Uh, but also music. So um, there's a band called Subtle, who was um, Dose One and Gel from Anticon. And this will, okay. so people who know who those are will be like, oh yeah, I know who they are. And everyone else will be like, uh, yeah, all right. He's just saying um, words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they had a band and the, uh, they had like a three album, is a concept album spread over three albums. Mm-hmm. And that really influenced my sense of how you could have a narrative because there's no structure but it was still telling a story and the characters existed in a uh, time outside of time. And that's what I was approaching. Uh, and also because I liked the idea of being in a band, but have no musical <laughs> aptitude and didn't know anybody else was making music. So the closest I could get to like releasing a song was to do a drawing. That's interesting. Uh, your, yeah. your, your band is your comics. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And I think that's how it, how it works see that's that's interesting in in and of itself because that's a very abstract way of looking at music informing comics whereas you get lots of people making comics about a musician or comics about a band but yeah even that is kind of a yeah a continuation of the way you're you're well because like dead singers was that wasn't it yeah yeah that's Um, essentially we we made four volumes out of people wanting to make stuff about people they liked who was who is dead yeah <laughs> um because I, I did that captain beefheart one i struggled with that for a long time like i knew that i wanted to do captain beefheart and i think i'd said to you at like volume two like yeah I can think... i bag the captain beefheart and it wasn't until volume four that i actually managed to get around to finishing anything it's funny i think you're one of the only people who ever like bagsied one early on and actually followed <laughs> through and made it <laughs> lots of people go can you, can you just could you just save and we're like if someone else comes up comes in with it before you then no dice yeah uh because that was that was hard as well and that i ended up that was um i sort of cheated a bit and just took an a a drawing i did of captain b fart in like 2005 it was a really old drawing um because I, i was trying to sketch him and like get a sense of him because he changed so much over the years i couldn't get what I wanted. Yeah. So I just went back and found an old drawing I did and drew over the top of that five or six times That's really uh, and then got got something I was happy with. That's really yeah. Cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Anything you like to ask? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, no, I, I think it's really interesting the correlation between the music and the rhythm and, and the comics. Um, I don't know if I have a particular question about it, but I just thought that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I the, the, Rosie wrote down on this piece of paper backbeat when you said that earlier. And yeah, it's, a, that, it's that, just the, the way that you've done the repeating 
sentences it it does feel quite lyrical it feels quite um almost like a mantra when you're reading through it there's a lot obviously abstract artwork can mean so many things but the words very much ground it um, yeah I, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting way of doing it. I'm not really word heavy in comics either, so I, I quite like the more lyrical, ambient type. Things. Yeah, well, that that's interesting. I know you when we were talking about the cover a, a little while ago, ambient music was a thing that came up in that, and actually, again, that's something that really ties into to the way that your comics and especially Petricor kind of come across in this sort of wash of feeling and yeah. repeat repeated phrases, which is a thing you get a lot of in ambient music, you know, just little phrases of yeah. repeated thing. And yeah, there's a there's a lot of lot of crossover between those kind of the way that those things are made. Yeah. But then the way I structured the chapters, the way I thought about approaching them I, was um as if they were an EP of five different songs. So, um, and I was thinking specifically of, uh, uh, there's an EP by Angela Nurse by the Trail of Dead called The Secret of Elena's Tomb. Oh, okay. And that's about, uh, do I want to say what that's about? <laughs> <laughs> I've got two now. Um, so uh, it, was a, it was a concept album. Again, concept album, that's weird. That I've mentioned that yeah, twice. Um, high concept kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. But it was about this guy. It was a real life story of... Um, this doctor in a small Mexican, I think it was Mexican village, but he got obsessed with this girl called Elena. And then when she died, he stole her body and lived with it. So it was like, so the album's about his love. For it. But so it starts off with three songs, which are similar in each other, just in style. And then the next one after that is sort of a ballad, like slows down. It's quite emotional and, and paired back. And then the last track was just like this electronic thing they had lying around, which they dumped on the end. Um, and so that's how I was trying to structure it. And that's why it took me so long to do the last chapter, because I wanted to come up with like, I think I described it as like a prog. On a, uh, I did a podcast with Reese Finley, and I was like, it's like a prog thing, and it's like really space age. And I wanted to make it really surreal and weird, and um, and trying to do that is what held me back from it for so long. Right. Uh, and then I was like, well, it doesn't have to be that. It can still be different to the other chapters, but it doesn't have, like, I think it'll work better if it's about something. So, yeah, well, there's an interesting, like, I, I've read it a few times now whilst putting it together. I can't quite divide it up in my head the different pages, but, or the yeah. different sections, but there is definitely a part where you get all these greens in and you get the, the like overlaid whites and you, you do, st- it's you get this different feeling from it and there's kind of some of the changes feel abrupt in that sense where you start to get these new especially the greens that are like a really kind of toxic sludge type green that's right yeah yeah um because that that was the one where i'd I'd layered in the text from and it was like it's a combination of like found stuff like so some of it my daughter want just one night before bed she decided that she'd sing the time warp as a, as she'd perform it for me and my son. But she got the lyrics totally wrong, like just wildly, brilliantly wrong. And I wrote that down and that, that went into the comic. So, That's really cool. um, yeah. I think it's really lovely. It's a really, really nice book. Um, I'm still trying to daily remember how to say Petricor, but Petricor. I've just, I've got Petricor. it. I've got it today. <laughs> Um, well, because as I said, it was going to be called the Forest for Ages, and I can't remember. 
it was like Miriam Webster's word for the day. And um, I was just yeah. like, oh, that's a much better description of what I want to be able to call them in the forest. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's I just funny, changed but, it. It's funny, I'd, we'd been talking about the book and I think he'd sent it to us and we'd all read it. And it was only about a month ago where I was like, what does that word actually mean? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, that, that fits so perfectly with... And it's such a it's a thing that I think for a really long time I I was like there should be a word for that and it turns out that there, there, <laughs> there in is. fact is there is yeah and it is a good um, word yeah uh, and it's it's just like a stronger sense of because like in my head the forest was the same thing as petrichor it's like like a place where you'd experience family and you'd experience a closeness that you couldn't get somewhere else like that's what I was thinking of as the forest, um, and that's what I wanted for found forest floor as well, yeah. and sort of missed it because uh, between me and Eric, we just came out with the most abstract male book possible. It was just so, like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I really like found forest floor, and uh, it does a lot of stuff well, but the fact that when we are subbed into the publishing, is like, oh my God, we, we can sell this to the first abstract porn novel. I was like, no, <laughs> we can't. It's a, um, there's you're pictures like, of my kids in that. You're like the dude bros of abstract comic making. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then, so Petrico was like, uh, right, that that does a, a particular weird job. I want to not be as weird for a bit. Uh, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about Alpha Force. To, Alpha to, Flight. Alpha on. Flight. For, oh, sorry. Is they are these two different things? I don't know what Alpha Force is. Oh, okay, Alpha Flight. I think. Sorry, just you just raised my nerd hackers. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm surprised you. Alpha Flight. Sorry. Alpha Flight. Yeah. I. <laughs> we were talking a few weeks ago, and I was like, I, I literally know nothing about it. Um, so I decided that I'm going to ask you about it because okay. it seems really funny and niche to me as an outsider, as someone who hasn't really read that yeah. sort of thing. What, what, what do you love about it? What do I love? Um, so, uh, Alpha Flight is a team of Canadian superheroes, which were uh, invented in the late 70s uh, as baddies for the X-Men to fight. And then that because they're Canadian, like Canada was like, we desperately want comics with these people in. So Jim Shooter, who's editor-in-chief at Marvel, <clears throat> was trying to pressure John Byrne into doing a comic uh, and eventually got, did it. But John Byrne, as creator, didn't want to do this book. He wasn't invested in any of the characters. He didn't think they were going to tell anything new. So uh, when I first read it, uh, it was interesting that it's like a quality... His first 28 issues is a quality superhero comic made by someone who didn't want to make a quality superhero comic. Okay. So that's... Someone accidentally made a really good comic. Yeah. So, I mean, because John Byrne is just, like, a good craftsman, and he did all this stuff with it. Like, he did important stuff with it, but it's incidental to the fact that he was just churning it out. So some of it's quite experimental. There's a famous issue where six pages are just white panels with text and sound effects and uh, no drawing. Yeah, I did see something about it. Yeah, uh, and he introduced the first gay superhero, and uh, all of the characters had um, like something special. So there's a, a superhero who had split personality, but it was treated. Um, it, he tried to treat it sympathetically. Okay. 
Um, and one of the main characters was just like the wife of the leader, but then she became a really important, fully fleshed out character. Um, uh, and one of the characters um, has dwarfism, and he was like, but he was easily like everyone's favorite character because of his personality and how cool he was. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it's, they didn't play dwarfism for pity, and so there's all this stuff going on in it. Um, and that's while John Byrne was working on it, and then he left. And what's interesting about it after that is how different people attack these characters, right? Either with lots of reverence to them, or I've been putting this book for a month. I don't. I'm not even sure how to draw them. Let's just get it done. Let's get it out. And so it's interesting from a process point of point of view as well. I th- I think it's interesting. So I I know that you do the podcast and yeah. was vaguely aware of it. And it wasn't until we were talking about doing this that it came up in conversation. And I was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a look at Wikipedia because I know nothing about it. <laughs> I don't really know anything about that era of comics that. like i've read some stuff but nothing consistently yeah um and i was ready to kind of laugh at it because some of them they have some pretty dumb names as well right the characters have some (laughs) you're looking very angry (laughs) (laughs) but like it it on the face of it is something to laugh at but Uh, no yeah no it is yeah you're talking about like that is it it's that thing of what comics do for for people and what what moves moves in people that a lot of other forms don't i just yeah i think it's really interesting to be like interesting to be passionate about something that is quite niche um even within the yeah. comics community it's it's quite a... uh, yeah and what's weird about it is that when it when burn was writing it it was one of marvel's most popular comics mm. so if you look at like best-selling marvel comics from 1984 alpha flight's number three oh, like, right. it was massively popular and then over time, it's just dwindled out until they're like they're most recently been in. They were like um, a, a few of them were in Captain Marvel, so which is a, again a big ticket thing. But they were just like bit characters in it. Um, and then recently, Sasquatch, who was like main team for a long time, um, he came up in Immortal Hulk and okay. and got killed in that, but in a really interesting, cool way. So um, there's just characters which keep on like people forget them until they see them and they're like, oh yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, see, I, I yeah. that's one thing I really love about comics is when you dig in and you find these really odd, or really weird, or really silly characters from the past, and yeah. everyone's forgot about them. And then when they just get brought brought to the forefront of of you know some book that's going on now because one person really was into them and they yeah got, they, got, they got the chance to write that book so yeah they get to bring that but voice. because i got as i've said the way i described why I did the podcast was quite analytic and like process driven and stuff and i always said i would never be that fan who'd get angry and go on twitter to express like ragey feelings about what's done <laughs> with characters but I read Captain Marvel recently. I was just, and I, I didn't go on Twitter. I held it back until Comics Group, where a bunch of people who had no interest in Alpha <laughs> Flight had to listen to me moan. But um, like they got the characters wrong, and I was just like so outraged. And then as I was listening to myself, I was like, Oh no, oh, no I'm that person now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's good that you could see it. That's the main thing. It's good. Yeah, self reflection. Yeah, that 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 will be my next book. Me reflecting on how I feel about Sasquatch. <laughs>
<laughs> you should. Yeah. yeah. It's a left turn, but why not? <laughs> um, cool. Okay. Well, I think we've we've kind of covered everything we were going to talk about. But um, you said that you're working on something now. What what's the what's the next thing? Um, I've got, so I've got a few bits on. Um, I'm doing so jazz creepers. I'm doing another strip for that. Um, uh, and then I'm working on, as I said, some sort of narrative comics. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a series of ho- horror comics, which the, the the idea of them is that they're separate stories, but they all are supposed to elicit senses other than sight. So I want to make smelly comics, or I want to make okay. garish comics, but still using black and white. Uh, okay. So that's that's what I'm playing at the moment. Um, and then yeah, I mentioned Too Dry to Rot, which was um, I went back to my old old comics from like 2008 and made a little zine of those. Mm-hmm. And then when I collected it, I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. So I started drawing over it, and I'm on like yeah. stage five now, and I'm still not happy. Um, and like, I keep on making accidents in it, which force the book to go. So it was like a 24-page thing, but then I accidentally printed out two copies. And because I've stuck rigidly to this idea of work with what's printed, suddenly it's doubled in size. <laughs> and see. some of the some of the pages haven't printed out, but I'm like, no, I'll just stick with it. I'll see what happens. So uh, what you're saying is you're going to be much more careful when you print next time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think so. I mean, uh, Intercourse Extension, that came out because I printed out a zine incorrectly and then <laughs> thought, I don't want to throw it away. I'll I'll draw over the top of it. <laughs> so um, I feel like, yeah, at least you're recycling. and but, but, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, just carrying, but I mean, drawing over the top of things just makes everything crispy and a bit smelly, and I've just got, got it around with me the whole time. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'll see, I'll see what comes out. Like if there's another book in any of it, uh, I'm not worrying about that at the moment. Cool. Nice. Amazing. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. This. Yeah. It was really fun. It was really good to talk. I this funny because i don't think we've ever actually spoken in we've, person. Uh, we have oh, once oh no we have it was thought level 2016 yes and i got 10 minutes away from a table and just ran around like introducing <laughs> myself to people yeah yeah i was as soon as i said it i was like no we have spoken i remember <laughs> talking to you i remember being like oh yeah i've seen this face before that yeah that, that recognition and um it's quite funny whenever paddy talks about karaoke I remember the fact that I was in the same karaoke bar as him, and I have watched him do karaoke, but I hadn't realised it was him because oh, okay. <laughs> I was there. I was there with Tom Ward and Joe Glass and a few other people. Uh, yeah, so that was yeah. I, yeah, I've seen Joe Glass do some some pretty excellent karaoke. Well, he spent the entire night on stage doing other people's songs. So <laughs> yeah, I've seen him writhing around the floor doing karaoke. <laughs> excellent. Um, I think yeah, I love that karaoke, that karaoke seems to be a thing that comics people are into. <laughs> or hey, it's either they're into it or they. Hate it. <laughs> you can tell Rosie's face. <laughs> Rosie's face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sold on karaoke. I, we've been trying to get you to do karaoke for like three years. I think. Yeah. I feel like I, I I'm one of those people. I'd want to. I'd want to nail it. I wouldn't want to embarrass myself. So I would need to practice incessantly what, yeah. for a few months that's what a car's for <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah well this is true yeah now i have a car i can practice <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you shouldn't be learning spanish in the car that's rubbish no huh. or how to yeah, say be... petrichor <laughs> yeah <laughs> or just repeating it to yourself petrichor like what song would you do if you're if you're going to practice one if you're going to ace a song what would you ah oh, see now i'm putting it out there publicly but it would be stevie nicks edge of 17 
I don't even know that one. Oh, really? You do. So, yeah. You'd, you'd know if you listened to Would it. Would I? Yeah. I'm not going to start singing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give us a flavour now. Now is not yeah. the time to break it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. What's yours, Sam? What, what do you... What um, do you, you do? I... I for some reason have always picked Paul Simon songs to sing but, which is funny because I don't sing in the same register as Paul Simon so I either have to try and sing it up here which I can't do or I, I basically sing it in a baritone, baritone yeah. voice. I did Graceland a couple of years ago and there's a bit of a like musical interlude in the middle which is really awkward that's the thing is when you pick a song for karaoke you don't want to pick a song that's got any kind of musical interlude because yeah when you, you just see musical to, yeah you stand yeah, there for and... 45 seconds <laughs> like yeah. a dick <laughs> <laughs> the worst one i did was i thought it would be funny to do pretty fly for a white guy nice. <laughs> but i sing quite low like that's where i'm comfortable singing and it's so high pitched yeah. and I couldn't make it through like, I had to stop and apologise to everybody as I constantly tried to fight back down into somewhere where I was comfortable seeing yeah that's um, fair yeah. what's funny is that Paddy is a very tall man he is a he's like a big tall man and people are like oh yeah he's getting up to sing the first time I ever saw Paddy sing karaoke he sang Carly Rae Jepsen's Call Me Maybe <laughs> pitch perfect yeah. in falsetto and it was the best thing ever I've still got a recording of it on my phone and it's one of my favourite things he does hit the high notes he is an excellent singer um, but yeah <laughs> cool so um, Petrichor is out on the I set the date but i don't remember 18th i think we decided i think it's the 18th yeah um you can pre-order it now on the good comics website goodcomics.co.uk which is a brand new website and it looks real nice in that yeah it's very nice yeah um yeah and it's been really fun yeah but thank you very much for having me and thank you for putting up my book i've really enjoyed working on it with you yeah us too i'm really excited about it i'm really glad to be putting something out like this it's the sort of thing that we're really interested in doing is pushing things that are maybe a little bit left to centre and, you know, are interesting and challenging. And I think that's what this is. And it's also a book that I think all three of us got, like, got hit right in the feels with, which is which is the main main signifier of a good book <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah, we're here to make everyone cry. Yeah. That is our... Good comics to cry Good to. cries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really excellent. Can't wait to can't wait to see it on the shelves. Yeah, I can't wait to see it in person. That's yeah. the that's the big yeah. one. Seeing it seeing it printed in person. Yeah, yeah. I've tried to print it out uh, at work, but it, it, the file's so big that it sort of cuts out halfway through. Ah. So my last book, yeah. I um, accidentally pressed print on a PDF of it, and it started spewing out copies of it with in an office full of people and I had to run and, like, <laughs> and when I was working on Found Forest Floor I accidentally left pages from that in the printer uh. like on, on the scanner bed uh, and I found them on my desk the day after so, <laughs> yeah. no note or anything just the no everyone just like people just knew that it was going to be me so yeah it's good it's good that you work in a it's good to have a reputation yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> great cool. well thank you very much for talking to us yeah. no thank you Thanks, uh, and yeah cool yeah. see you soon right cheers thank you <laughs> cheers bye, bye. <laughs> good comics podcast
Podcast. <lacht>